It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. A Tuesday morning at Wax. Nice morning out there. Cloudy day today. We're going to get some rain this week, it looks like. A couple of days anyway with chances of rain, but nice and warm. 70s. Thursday looks like 80, so again... Spring has sprung, and uh, think grass is turning green, and the uh, flowers are starting to pop. A lot of yellow flowers out there, that's for sure. The dandelions are popping. You got dandelions in your yard? Bob and Joe with you this morning. Um, no, not yet. I have thistles. That's what I've got to deal with right now. Oh boy, yeah, they're out there. So again, I gotta. I'd like to in my front yard. I like to dig the dandelions. I don't uh, want to spray them. I dig them. And uh, try and get them out of there. I've been making progress over the last few years, but I think, oh, I got them now. I look out there the other day, and here's all yellow again. Oh, them <laughs> buggers. But anyway, we'll get that taken care of. Planning moving ahead across the country. We've got those numbers. We'll kind of touch on the highlights and dig more into it tomorrow morning. How the uh, congratulations. You graduated from UW Stout on Saturday. I saw the picture on Facebook with your gown going across the stage. Congratulations. I did make it across and I didn't trip. Good for you. And uh, that's something they can never take away from you. You can always check the box. College graduate, you bet. So that's wonderful. All right. Uh, probably more important, where'd you place in the belly dancing contest Saturday night down at Fall Creek? Well, I won't disclose the actual placings because I think that's something that leaves to. Uh, I don't. I want to let you use your imagination. Oh, there on you that go. But, but I didn't make it, and uh, I wonder. It sounded like it was a lot of fun down there at Fall Creek High School. The belly dancing on Saturday night. So, uh, got to do some things to keep us entertained. That's for sure. How's the calving progress going there at the Walkie Land and Cattle Company? We had two more calves on Friday, so oh, bull, good. two bull calves were up to 48. 48. All right. How many got left? Uh, five. Five. All right. So we're making progress. As we said, planting is moving forward across the country as well. We'll take a look at some of those numbers, our sales of pork and beef. And yesterday, of course, there was that farm bill hearing that Jill went to over in Loyal. Congressman Tom Tiffany uh, conducted that to get some input from folks around our area, what they'd like to see, and Jill will give us the highlights of uh, what that was all about. It's a busy Tuesday here at Wax. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Quick check of our weather brought to you by the Chilson Automotive Group. Hey, this weather, camping weather. New 2022 camper starting at 12488 at com. So if uh, yours is getting a little, little rusty, not so trustworthy, get out to Chilson. Look at all the campers they've got. As we said, pretty good camping weather. Cloudy today, about 73. 79 tomorrow, partly cloudy. And then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, maybe even into Sunday, there's some chances of rain. Not real heavy rains, but again, chances of rain off and on. 80 on Thursday, 70s on Friday and Saturday, about 66 on Sunday, Mother's Day. And on uh, Monday, 76. It looks like a full day of sunshine on a Tuesday morning here at Wax. 54 degrees, we'll get 73 today. About a minute after 5, this is 104.5 FM WAXX Eau Claire. News time. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. The White House says it's the constitutional duty of Congress to raise the debt ceiling. 
there shouldn't be negotiations on the debt limit. This is something that they should get to regular order and get to work on. Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre said President Biden will make clear to House Speaker Kevin McCarthy lawmakers must pass an increase of the nation's borrowing limit without conditions when leaders meet today. She accused House Republicans of manufacturing a crisis to secure deep spending cuts. McCarthy has said his chamber will not approve any deal that does not cut spending to address the growing budget deficit. The Texas legislature is moving on gun legislation, a bill that would raise the age needed to buy an assault weapon as passed out of committee. It was once thought dead in the water. That pushes the legislation to the House floor for a debate. It's been a priority of the Uvalde school shooting families and comes just 48 hours after the Texas mall shooting. The Writers Guild of America strike has captured the attention of the president. Trey Thomas has more. President Biden is making his first public comments about the Hollywood writer's strike since it began last week. I sincerely hope the writer's strike in Hollywood gets resolved and the writers are given a fair deal they deserve as soon as possible. Biden made the comments Monday during a White House screening of the television show American Born Chinese. I'm Trey Thomas. Jury deliberations are expected to begin today in the New York civil rape trial involving former President Trump. Closing arguments wrapped up Monday as a lawyer for writer E. Jean Carroll told jurors that his client was exactly Trump's type. Carroll alleges that Trump raped her in a Manhattan department store in the 1990s, then defamed her years later. The case has spanned more than a week without the former president testifying. And the California Reparations Panel has approved payments of up to $1.2 million to every qualifying black resident. Lawmakers will now decide on whether to move forward with the plan. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And as we check our weather for the week, it looks like, uh, for the most part, pretty good planting weather. The weather brought to you by the Chilson Automotive Group. And again, camping weather, taking mom out this weekend for camping for Mother's Day. Get that camper ready for summer. They've got their Wake Up Your Camper packages now available at ChilsonRV.com. Warm this week. Cloudy 73, 79 tomorrow, 80 on Thursday. And uh, chances of rain, you know, again, off and on through the week. 77 on Friday, chance of rain. 73 on Saturday, chance of rain. 66 on Sunday, chance of rain. And then on Monday, sunshine and 76. We'll get Mike Dandry here in a little while here and tell us all about what's going on weather-wise and how much rain or passing showers, whatever these are going to be. Right now, Rice Lake, a very nice and warm 54. It's 44 in Medford, 45 in Wausau in Marshfield. And there is some fog in uh, farther east and southeast. Fog over by Marshfield in 50. 57 La Crosse, Green Bay reporting some fog in 45. Madison, Sun Prairie at 53. Fog around Milwaukee in 50 degrees. And right now, it's 54 here in the Chippewa Valley. Nice morning. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And let's take a look at those markets, courtesy of Rural Mutual Insurance. And Jill, the cash livestock here early in the week. Choice fed beefsters are 166 to 183 with mixed at 108 to 165. Choice fed beef heifers are 165 to 181 with mixed at 106 to 164. Choice fed Holstein steers are 140 to 156 with select and sedge fed steers 93 to 139. Cows are 80 to 94 with a top of 118. Bulls are 78 to 118. Butcher hogs are 37 to 66 with sows at 20 and down. 
Boars, there's no quote. Shore market lambs, there's no quote. Unshore market lambs are 140 to 162 with feeder lambs at a dollar to 220. At the Mercantile Exchange, uh, cattle prices were higher. Hogs were mixed. As we look at June live cattle, 162.42 at the close. That was up a half a dollar. August at 160.07 of 57. October cattle, 164.12 of 55. And December live cattle, 168.87 up 72. Feeder cattle also higher. The August contract, 223.10 up a dollar 67. September at 226.65 up a dollar 60. October at 229 dollars even. That was up a buck and a half. And November at two hundred thirty dollars, even that was up one forty-five. Hogs were mixed. The May contract closed at seventy-five sixty-two. That was up a dime. June at eighty-three thirty, down forty-seven. July at eighty-five twenty-seven, down fifteen. And August at eighty-six twenty, that was down seventeen. Board of Trade corn and beans were a little lower. The wheat was a little higher. Corn and beans dealing with uh, with pretty good planting progress around the country, and also that big Brazilian crop hanging over their heads. Looking at the prices overnight, July corn down four cents at five ninety two. The oats down four to five cents at three thirty four. July wheat down two to three at six fifty one. July soybeans down seven fourteen twenty six with meal down three sixty a ton at four hundred twenty three dollars and thirty cents. Barrel cheese down a cent and a half yesterday, one fifty one and a half. Blocks unchanged, one sixty one and a quarter. Butter down a cent and a half to two forty three a pound. May class three down another eleven cents at sixteen forty six. June up a nickel, back over seventeen dollars, but just sitting at seventeen oh four. July down six at seventeen seventy. August down two at eighteen fifty. September down seven at nineteen oh eight. As those class three prices were mixed out through. February. All right, we're going to go uh, hear from a gentleman that was uh, at the hearing yesterday in just a moment. And, uh, Jill, you were over there. Uh, you talked to different people. Uh, who are we going to hear from this morning? We're going to hear from Brian Klusendorf. He's a Medford farmer, Medford dairy farmer. And he talked about the class, he talked about pricing, and he talked about the future of dairy farming. All right, so Ryan Klusendorf coming up, and he's active with the Farm Bureau, Rural, Rural Mutual, and obviously very active dairy farmer in the Medford area. So we'll hear from Ryan next. It's about 11 minutes after 5 o'clock at whack. For those who work in acres... Not in hours. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. There's a round table in Loyal set up by Tom Tiffany and Ryan Klusendorf. He had a lot to say. He's a farmer from Medford, a lot of good information. And one of the things you talked about was the Class 1 prices. Tell me more about what your take is on that and what you'd like to see changed. Really looking at that Class 1 mover back in the COVID move back a little bit but this was changed in the last farm bill to go to the average of and move away from the higher of of class three class four pricing and we really saw a negative effect on that going through covid with all the market manipulations in place by going to the food box programs and utilizing cheese in that which inflated that price and then you know going to pricing off the average you didn't see the full benefit of that so looking forward to this new farm bill we want to revert back to the the higher of to get that prices back to the farmer and have that revenue back in our pocket where in the past it was almost a a billion dollars left on the table here going to the the average of side pricing on that and you're talking about money going back to the farmers 
In your opinion, what do you think that will do? Will it help out the ones that are doing a good job, or will it kind of pull some back up by their bootstraps? Yeah, that's a, a good question to ask, too, but we have seen a rapid exit of dairy farms in Wisconsin. I think we're down to around 6,000. I mean, if you're going to stay in business, you are obviously going to be a good producer, a good business person. So definitely changing these programs around is going to benefit all. And I say we everybody's a good business person if you're still in business in the dairy in Wisconsin. And we talked a lot about getting that next generation in. And you did mention trying to get the next generation in in your business. What do you think it's really going to take to get that next gen in? Right, that's another good question. I have three sons on my farm, and my oldest graduate of high school last year is going through an electrical apprenticeship. And knowing what the cost is for labor, he I can't afford to pay him on the farm because he's getting paid more outside of the farm, but yet we do want to encourage that next generation to come back and be in production agriculture because if we don't, who's going to be producing the food? And we don't want to be export or importing our food because we have no idea where it's coming from or what practices were used. Where in Wisconsin, in the U.S., we know we have good practices. We're pr- producing quality products. So looking at this, we want to make sure we have can generate the revenue to entice people to stay in the industry and have the next generation take over these operations. And that was Ryan Klusendorf, a Medford dairy farmer at the Farm Bill Roundtable sponsored by Tom Tiffany. And I'm Jill Welke. And a lot of, uh, a lot of folks talked about uh, different things. What uh, Amy Penterman was there talking about what she talk about? Nutrition in the schools, and they're really pushing to get whole milk back into mm-hmm. the lunch programs. Give us a feel for some of the other conversations. I mean, grain farmers were there. Were they talking about crop insurance? What kind of topics were they covered? Yep, they wanted crop insurance. It was the, the corn producers, and they wanted to uh, make sure that the crop producers stay, the, <laughs> the crop uh, insurance stayed into the farm bill. And uh, let me look at my notes. Oh, international markets, they wanted more work on that. And they wanted voluntary conservation practices. Because the conservation practices are all out there and the information is, but they want, farmers do these conservation practices. They just want it to be more of a voluntary thing. All right. So, uh, again, a lot of topics covered. We'll see what Tom Tiffany does with all that information from that roundtable yesterday over in Loyal. I know... Derek Van Orden is on the Agriculture Committee in the uh, House, 3rd District Congressman, and he keeps saying that uh, Glenn Thompson is going to bring a Farm Bureau hearing for the Agriculture Committee to western Wisconsin. Haven't uh, haven't gotten an update on that yet. I know Thompson has taken hearings in many other parts of the country, but uh, not to Wisconsin yet. So we'll see. We have to remember uh, Congressman Van Orden is just a freshman, so I'm not sure how much uh, how much sway he has on the Agriculture Committee, but we'll find out. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we're selling meat overseas. Jill, how good a job are we doing? Well, U.S. pork exports in March were the largest since May 2021, according to data compiled by the U.S. Meat Export Federation and released by the USDA. Over 260,000 metric tons of pork was exported in March. That's 17% more than last March and the ninth largest volume on record. Export value was up 18% from a year ago to $724 million. 
for the first quarter of this year, over 716,000 metric tons of U.S. pork has been exported. And that's up 14% from a year ago with a total value of almost $2 billion. That's up 15% from 2022. Mexico was our biggest customer, buying their second largest pork amount on record in March. Shipments to Dominican Republic and Malaysia were also record sizes. Pork exports increased in South Korea, Japan, China, Hong Kong, the Philippines, Australia, and Taiwan. And now we're going to sway on over to beef exports. They improved in March after a slow start in 2023. U.S. foreign beef sales totaled over 120,000 metric tons in March. Now that's down 5% from a year ago. And export value was also down 17% to $893 million. But both volume and value were the highest in five months. Beef exports to Mexico, the Dominican Republic, and the Philippines increased in March compared to last year. South Korea imported less beef than last year, but it was also their highest volume in 10 months. China, Hong Kong bought more beef than they had in six months in this March. All right, so uh, selling product overseas, and again, that was brought up at the uh, hearing yesterday. we got to get into more international markets haven't signed a new trade agreement in over a decade. So, again, when Trump came in, he got us out of the Trans-Pacific and uh, haven't had any movement from the Biden administration. So, uh, got to get moving on that. 20 minutes after 5, and uh, Jill had a chance to talk to Jamie Butke, who's in charge of the fairs around Wisconsin. We'll hear about that. It's getting to be fair time. Fair weather. We'll hear about that next on Wax. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's springtime, and it's time to get ready for those fairs that are going to be happening this summer. From the exhibitors to the families, everybody is busy. This is Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn here in Eau Claire. I visited with Jamie Butke. She's the executive secretary of the Wisconsin Association of Fairs. We talked about fair season progress, the funding that goes into those fairs, the number of fairs in the state, the association and their partnership with Extension in the support of fairs, and the association's role of becoming a resource for fairs in order for them to find judges. But first, we talked about fair season progress. Well, Jill, we are in the process. Uh, April is a busy month for our fairs. They're finalizing a lot of the information that goes to print, so our fair dates, their entertainment. Um, we try to have a brochure ready and out in the hands of the public by Memorial Day because our fair season kicks off the end of June and wraps up at the end of September. Uh, there are 75 uh, county, district, and state fairs that people can go and visit. Um, as I would like to say, you can pick a weekend and circle the state just about every week and, and find a fair uh uh, to go and attend. So our fairs are uh, busy putting the final touches on what the big entertainment will be at their fairs. But they do this starting, you know, as soon as fair season ends last year. They were already started uh, with this process. And we just wrapped our convention up in January where they, you know, got ahead on uh, booking entertainment, doing workshops about the things that will be happening uh, throughout this fair season. So um, we'll meet with all of them this April. Um, and then They'll be running their, their successful fairs throughout the summer. And we talked a little bit about, you know, the planning and funding always seems to come into play with getting those fairs going. 
So how's the funding going and where's that coming from for these fairs? Well, 74 of our county and district fairs um, are allowed to receive state aid funds, which helps towards the premiums that are awarded. And right now with the budget, of course, you know, we're always looking to have additional funds um, go to the fairs. Um, so right now that is a work in progress, and we'll see where it, uh, where it results. But we were looking for additional funds this year um, so that, you know, our fairs can continue to be funded. Uh, when we looked at our numbers, um, our 2022 numbers aren't quite what they were back prior to COVID in 2019, um, but the fairs are, have been rebounding nicely um, since then. So um, although we may have taken a, a drop right after COVID, um, we think everyone's kind of getting back into the game of wanting to attend fairs and participate in showing their exhibits and so forth. So uh, we want to make sure we have funding that can support all of that as well. So it's something that happens annually, and of course when it's a budget year, uh, we ask for those additional funds, and we'll see where things progress. But uh, hopefully we'll have additional funding for our fairs. You talked a little bit about the numbers and going a little bit of a dip and coming back. Have you seen any consolidations between some of the fairs happening throughout the state? So we've been really consistent with the amount of fairs that we have. Um, we used to be at 76 fairs. Um, we had a couple that merged uh, a few years ago between like the Pep and Mondovi area. They had merged with a neighboring fair, but we really have been holding tight to that 74. Uh, we do have about five counties that have two fairs that take place in them, um, but they've been that way for years. Um, so right now, everyone is still holding their own. Um, of course, we had a lot of um, grants that were available when COVID happened that helped get fairs through those rough times as well. Um, so right now... Um, yeah, all 74 fairs are, are going strong. I don't know of any that are talking about doing any consolidation. They're pretty pretty proud about keeping their own fair. Um, so we're hoping that that continues for years to come. You work in close contact with UW Extension. How is that working together with Extension and the fairs? We do. I serve on what is called a fairs advisory uh, committee, and it represents uh, UW Extension. It re represents WAF, which is the Wisconsin Association of Fairs. We have FFA on there. Um, DACCAP is represented. And it's just been uh, an ongoing thing. Um, I laugh. I think Jason and I didn't know each other prior, but for the last five years have had quite the friendship um, where it's been a great partnership for us um, because we're finding out whose roles um, should be to run the fair. Uh, one of the things we found very interesting was fairs maybe didn't look at it that it was their fair and they could say who participated at their fair, but it really is theirs. Um, so we've kind of had a little lesson with, with, with our fairs uh, as far as, hey, you run your fair, you can decide who can show at it. Um, and then what goes into how are you communicating with all, the, all of those that do participate and so forth. So um, it's been five-plus years of figuring out uh, their reorg and how it affects our fairs, and uh, heaven forbid we have to change and how we've done some things. Um, but I think we're, we're figuring it out, and the communication that exists there is really great, so I, I see that continuing to get better. I get questions about fairs and the UW Extension participation. I really am looking at the Association of Fairs and their participation in those fairs. Are there certain things that you set up or do you go by a guidelines? We as the Wisconsin Association of Fairs are kind of our own, are our own organization. Then what we do is our hope is to bring all of the fairs together so that, um, like when we do our workshop or when we do our convention in January, we are providing a venue where they can book entertainment, find different vendors to have at their fair. But we talk about 
um, different things like, well, what's happening in 4-H? What's happening in at, the, at DADCAP? And what are these resources? What are these forms that I have to complete to stay current so that I'm following all the rules that DADCAP has in ATCP 160 and the state statute of 9323? And what I love is we bring UW Extension, we bring all of these different partners, and they come and they do workshops for us so that we're keeping everybody informed of all the things that are happening. Then what we end up doing is we get together in October and April. We provide district meetings to keep everybody, um, you know, up on the latest trends that are happening in the fair world as well. So we're a resource for them so that they can all go and plan their own fair um, and have a successful event. And you mentioned partnerships. There's a whole lot of partnerships that go into putting on these fairs, almost soup to nuts to get everything going. But in the end, fairs are really governed by DATCAP. Correct. They are. Yep, they are. So there's a couple different, several different statutes actually. So there's 9323, uh, which tells us, you know, that we can receive state aid and how much and and certain guidelines that you have to follow in order to do that. There's ATCP 160, which basically tells you the different exhibits that can be shown at your fair and the pre- premiums that you can um, receive with those. There's actually one that is on. Um, the amount of premiums fares can be paid. Well, we haven't updated that one for such a long time, but that's a whole different rule. But they're all governed by um, by DATCAP. And, in fact, all of our fares are also uh, supposed to use certified judges. So uh, certified judges, DATCAP has a list. Um, they do training for them. Extension has helped with training with that in the past. Um, but those are all things that fares have to use in order to receive the state aid. So there's, there's several different layers of rules that all come from, from DATCAP, but it's all tied into the funding that fairs receive. And again, that's Jamie Butke, Wisconsin Association of Fairs, the leader of that organization. And getting close to fair season a week or so ago, I drove past the northern Wisconsin State Fairgrounds in Chippewa Falls with all the new construction going on up there. And all I'll say is things are looking good. We'll catch up with Rusty here before too long. And get an update on uh, how that building program is going there in Chippewa Falls. But as we said, it looks good. Well, the markets look good. Let's find out. 5.30 in the morning, we'll check in with Rocky over at Premier Livestock in Withy. Brought to you by Johnson Tractor. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's get over to Premier Livestock in Withy. Rocky Olson is with us and... I suppose it won't be long, and your left arm will be tanned, uh, awfully brown, <laughs> hanging out the window, huh, driving down the road. But yeah, yeah, that's that's about accurate story right there. <laughs> yeah, you do that much driving, and you're going to have that arm pretty well browned up. Yeah. But uh, right now, well, we've got nice warm weather all this week, so you'll have the windows down. But uh, how'd day one go over there at Premier this week? Uh, thank you, Bob. Uh, good morning, everyone. This uh, yesterday's auction shaped up. We did have a big Monday. Uh, sold over 1,300 head of livestock. Fed cattle traded steady uh, to strong. High choice and prime Holstein steers 138 to 156. Uh, select and low choice 125 to 137. Choice beef steers and heifers from 147 to 168. Market cows traded steady. High yielding cows from 85 to a dollar nine. Uh, lower yielding cows from 70 to 83. Market bulls high yielding from ninety eight to a dollar fifteen. 
Newborn Holstein bull calves, mostly from 125 to 300 dollars per head. Your beef calves, 200 to 600. Uh, today, Tuesday, we do have a regular feeder cattle auction. Actually, got a pretty nice run of feeder cattle today. Uh, lots of beef feeders for the sale and Holstein steers. Next week, Tuesday. Now that'll be our special next week. Uh, we're also going to feature bred beef cows and another beef breeding bull auction. If you have beef breeding bulls to consign, give us a call. We do have some really high-end registered bulls, a dozen of them coming off one farm. Uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, we're going to have our hay auction. That's going to be at 9.30. Dairy cattle auction at 11 tomorrow. we got a great run of dairy cattle. we got three complete herd dispersals. Uh, herd number one, we got 100 Holstein Parlor Freestyle Cows averaging 83 pounds of milk. Uh, they're coming from Boonster Dairy. They do sell on test. Herd number two, we got a small Jersey herd. And herd number three, we got a 30-cow th- Holstein herd that'll be tie stall cows. Uh, also have a feature consignment, uh, 25 hand-selected fresh heifers. Uh, going to be pretty much all two-year-olds there. They're going to be averaging over 90 pounds of milk. Like I said, we did get the hand-select them out of a large herd. Uh, they'll sell an official test. It's going to be over 30 years of AI breeding. Full list with details uh, on our website. Like I said, always a lot more detailed information on there um, at uh, Premier Livestock and Auctions.com. And also check out our Premier Livestock Facebook page as well. Questions, give us a call at Premier, 715-229-2500. Uh, don't forget, coming up here June 16th will be our large farm equipment auction. Had lots of equipment come in last week, guys. Uh, it does appear uh, that this auction will fill up a little quicker than normal. Uh, so if you have equipment to get in, uh, I'd probably say get at it and get it in as soon as you can. So that is the way things are shaping up, Bob. Probably still using some of that equipment. Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I guess if you need it, you better keep it. That's for sure. That's <laughs> a good way to put it. Hey, thanks, Rocky. We'll talk to you in the morning. Have a great day. There Bye. he goes. That's Rocky over there at Premier Livestock in the Withy area. Well, how much uh, are they using the equipment, and can they use the equipment? Mother Nature has a lot to say about that. Northside Elevator, Loyal and Arcadia, Stanley, all over the place, bringing us our weather this morning. Mike Dandry is in the Skywarn 13 weather room. Morning, Mike. Hey, good morning, Bob. How we doing? Oh, good. Finally, the seed going in the ground is going to get some warmth, and but chances of rain, showers, downpours. What are we looking at this week? Well, we'll have a couple chances at some showers, but our pattern over the next couple of days will be mostly dry. But uh, for today, we'll start off with some cloud cover, as we've seen. But we'll get into a little bit of sunshine later on this afternoon. Now, a few chances at some showers and storms will be possible, much like we saw yesterday where there was just those uh, convective systems off towards the west, just those kind of isolated showers and storms, some of which that were a little on the stronger side. Otherwise, our highs today climbing to the low to mid-70s before tonight, another batch of clouds. Clouds moves in. That'll bring us another chance at showers as we dip to the mid-50s for our overnight lows. Tomorrow, starting off with more sunshine, getting into the mid to upper 70s. Thursday, possibly a chance at hitting 80, partly sunny. Friday, another day into the upper 70s. But a few chances at some showers move in towards the latter half of the afternoon. And those showers likely taking us on and off through Mother's Day weekend. Cooling it off on Sunday, only cooling it off to the mid-60s. But then starting off next week with more sunshine and temperatures back into the low to mid-70s. 
Right now, we do have a mostly cloudy start and some places looking at some patchy fog with a temperature of 54 degrees in Eau Claire. Nice morning out there. Yeah, not so bad. You know, you, you go out and dew point of 53, so it's not really feeling too bad, not too humid, but not too dry either. All right, so uh, we're going to get some planning done this week. I think that sounds like a great idea, Bob. All right, thank you, Michael. You bet. Have a good one. You bet. There he goes. Mike Dandry over there at Skywarn 13 with our weather. And our weather, our news brought to you this morning on Wax by our good friends at Northside Elevator. Morgan's Neck with some news. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Let us get into the newsroom where Morgan McCarthy is up and at him and with us. And I don't know about you, but boy, this is this is getting to be more than just something to talk about. What's going on with our policemen, county law officers? This is this is epidemic. Second time in a month. Yeah, yeah. I think so. A lot of and heavy that's hearts just right here in I'm our area, all over the country. I think that especially when we're in communities that are our size, these are so often personal connections, family members, friends yep. that yep. are that are wearing the uniforms and doing the hard work. And I think it is just a completely heavy hearted that uh, across communities we're again talking about the loss of an officer in the yeah. line of duty. This is Milwaukee or Madison, Barron County, Pierce County, St. Croix County. Not good stuff. What do you you got for us this morning? Well, of course, Bob talking about the latest loss of life with an officer killed in the line of duty just outside of Glenwood City, this time with the St. Croix County Sheriff's Department. And we know more now about the man suspected of killing a deputy in the line of duty, a convicted rapist and registered sex offender with a history of violence. 715 Newsroom coverage and the latest. Prison officials in Minnesota yesterday said 34-year-old Jeremiah Johnson was out on parole for a 2016 kidnapping and rape conviction when police say he gunned down St. Croix County Deputy Katie Lysing. Johnson has a long criminal history, including a stabbing back in 2007 and numerous fights while in prison. Investigators say he shot and killed Deputy Lysing during a drunk driving stop Saturday. He's believed to have then shot himself about an hour later. Funeral arrangements for Deputy Lysing are pending, but we expect to get details later today. I'm John DeMaster. And any of those updated details will be available as soon as we get them at 715newsroom.com. If you heard fire sirens yesterday, we can tell you it was likely crews headed to the south side for a home explosion. Blew the windows out of the home there. Say that it was about 1 p.m. No one home, no one hurt. But firefighters and crews from XL Energy were on site after a buildup of combustible gas. The explosion did knock the windows out about $100,000 in estimated damage. Well, how about some good news? It doesn't seem we get that very often, but we can tell you the search for a missing Wisconsin boy in the woods of the Upper Peninsula has a happy ending. Searchers found 8-year-old Nante Nimi yesterday. Authorities say he was a little dirty, a little hungry, but otherwise okay. He went missing over the weekend while on a camping trip with his family in Porcupine Mountains Wilderness State Park. Rescuers say they found him a couple miles from the campsite. Now, he's from Hurley. There's the Wisconsin connection. And school leaders in that area say they're thrilled the search came to a happy end. Looking forward to welcoming him back to the classroom. Well, if you file taxes with TurboTax, you could have a check in your mailbox. It'll trace this uh, back a little bit to 2016, 17, and 18. And if you filed during that, it's AG Josh Call that recently updated Wisconsin getting just about $2.4 million from a $141 million multi-state settlement with TurboTax. More than 81,000 people in Wisconsin can came, claim a piece of that. It would mean a check worth about $30, but 
$30 you didn't have before. If you're eligible for that refund, if you paid TurboTax to file taxes in 2016, 2017, and 2018, you should have been eligible for the IRS's free filer program. That's why they're kind of uh, retroactivating some of those refunds. And it won't take you into the eighth inning anymore. If you're at AmFam Field enjoying a cold one or two, they're again pulling those alcohol sales back to the seventh. It's been a month since they decided to uh, swing for the fences and extend the deadline to buy alcohol into the eighth inning, but they recently said that they're going to move that deadline back to the seventh, so more of what we're used to if you're sitting there and watching the games. And with the crack of the bat, we head it back to the bar, and Bob Bosol, Joe Welke, and your Midwest Farm Report is on Wax 104.5. You know, they talk about uh, letting some of these nonviolent criminals out of prison. This guy, St. Croix, he was violent. A long history. No details on how he got out, but the uh, criminal history list that we're getting now from uh, officials in that side of, say, it's long, extensive, and violent. Wow. So, and really, I think the focus should be on Deputy Lysing's family and what they're going through at this time, too, and a community that is small enough in size that probably had a lot of personal connections with her, too, and just really heart-wrenching all the way around. Yeah, just a bad tragedy, that's for sure. Thanks, Morgan. Anytime, Bob. Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom this morning as we're about 18 minutes before 6 o'clock. Again, 54 degrees, nice day. We should get into the low, maybe mid-70s today. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We'll get to some of our sale barn reports here in a moment, but another one of our uh, rainfall reporters, Dennis Will, has been doing this for a long time over in the Colby area, sent his report in for April, and uh, Dennis said 6.45 inches of rain and 17.22 inches of snow in April in Colby. 18 days with at least a trace or more of rain. November through March, 6.47 inches of rain. So, obviously, most of his rain um, came in April, more so than the previous four or five months. And he had, for the season, 59.6 inches of rain. That's November through March. Total snow, October through April, 76.84 inches. He said May has started well. Not much field work over here on some of that uh, heavy soils. Some manure spread a little tillage, did uh, hear some corn planting early, and not sure how that's going to be turning out. But again, central Wisconsin, that heavy ground, there's uh, a lot of work still that needs to be done. Hopefully this week will be a week to dry some of that out. And Jill, it doesn't look like we're going to run out of cheese anytime soon. No, Wisconsin remains the top cheese-producing state. Cheesemakers in Wisconsin made over 302 million pounds in March. That's up 30 million pounds compared to February. Wisconsin produced the most cheddar in the nation with 63.7 million pounds and had the second highest production of mozzarella and Italian cheeses just behind California. And specialty cheese production was up 6% in March to 928 million pounds, which accounts for 26% of Wisconsin's total cheese production. Total cheese production in the U.S. in March was 1.2 billion pounds, with Wisconsin producing 25% of that total. All right, and uh, Crop Progress Report always comes out late Monday and give you a heads up. We'll delve into more of it and have a little more information tomorrow. But uh, right now, it looks like a lot of corn got planted last week. 49% of the corn is in as of this past Sunday. Iowa, 70%. Illinois, 73% planted. 
Soybeans uh, jumped ahead 35% of the beans are now in around the country. Illinois, 66%. Iowa, 49% planted. Here in Wisconsin, corn planting did take a nice jump, uh, 14% completed. That's uh, up over we 3% a week ago. Soybean planting now 11% done. And, uh, again, that's three days ahead of last year, but uh, two days behind the five-year average, as we said, we'll, we'll dig more into those numbers and see what else is going on as far as the spring work is concerned. It's a quarter to six, almost 14 minutes before six o'clock at Wax. We got some markets to take a look at and also uh, maybe a few things going on. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 54 degrees right now, 73 and kind of cloudy today. Maybe a little sun mixed in with that, but uh, again, not a not a bad day. We've got markets coming up, but uh, any more belly dancing going on around the area? Or <laughs> that one shot at Fall Creek was it? Just one shot, but the Wisconsin Women in Conservation have a full schedule of May Learning Circles around the area in the northwest region on may 11th that's thursday from 3 to 6 p.m it will be at the enchanted barn in hillsdale and on friday may 12th for the west central region from 1 to 4 30 p.m it'll be at freedom park in prescott and there's one more next the next week north central region on may 18th from 1 to 4 p.m at the nine mile recreation center chalet in wausau the National Dairy Board Scholarship applications are due on Friday. Go to www.usdairy.com and learn more about that scholarship. And the Allison Dairyland Finals are going to be this weekend in Walworth County. Yeah, that's right. We'll get our new Alice crowned this coming Saturday night. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's 11 minutes before 6 o'clock, 54 degrees out there, and it's time to hear from Hot Eamon and Sparta Equity. Fed cattle selling steady today. With the Highland Choice Beef Steers and Heifers 170 to 180, the Choice and Select Beef Steers and Heifers 159 to 169, the Beef and Dairy Cross Steers 150 to 165, the Highland Choice Holstein Steers 147 to 154, the Choice and Select Holstein Steers 136 to 146 with the unfinished steers, Heifers and Heavy Steers 135 and down, cow market steady with the Highland Cows 95 to 110, topping at 114, cutters and utilities 79 and 94 with the low yielding and canner cows 78 cents and down. Organic market today with the results from the May 8th sale. With the high and thin cows, 145 to 165 at the top of 175. The thin and small cows, 114 to 144. With the organic steers and heifers, 165 to 180. Bull market steady, most bulls bringing a dollar to a dollar fifteen. With the thin, full on bulls are over a ton discount at 99 cents and down. Calves today sold by the pound. With a steady to lower market with the quality Holstein bull calves bringing 150 to 250. The quality Holstein heifer calves 80 to 180. The quality beef bulls 380 to 530. The quality beef heifers 340 to 490 with the light and poor quality calves 10 to 80 cents per pound. Just a reminder, our next sale will be Wednesday, May 10th, starting at 10 a.m. with fed cattle, followed by bulls, cows, and calves. This is Hot Aiming at Equity Livestock in Sparta with this marketing update, and we thank you for your business. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's get over to Equity Stratford and check in with uh, Jerry Fitzgerald. You're in a fog this morning, huh, Jerry? 
Well, good morning to you, Bob. Well, let's clarify that. You know, it's foggy outside. Oh, okay. All right. Well, yeah, we want to make sure everybody understands that. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, and I'm not sure how soon that'll burn off because I don't think we're going to get a lot of sun early. But to hang in there because it is, it is foggy. I saw reports Green Bay, Marshfield, Wausau, Milwaukee, foggy. So be careful out there. Other than that, uh, not bad. Warming up. Should be a nice warm week this week. Well, I'll tell you what, it's going to be a long time before anybody gets on fields over here. Yeah, I know. It's still a lot of wet fields, that's for sure. But, uh, well, hopefully we'll get a little bit closer this week. But in the meantime, we're still selling cattle. How's that going? It's going very well, Bob, and we'll tell the folks about it. I thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. A summary from yesterday, Monday, here at Equity Stratford. And like I said, markets continue to be very good. We'll start out with the market cows yesterday, conventional cows, uh, selling on a very strong market yesterday, high-yielding, fleshy Holstein cows and beef cows from 93 to $1.10 with a top at $1.13. Uh, most of the cows yesterday selling between 72 and 92, thinner cows, and these uh, plain cows, 72 and below. On the bull trade, better quality bulls are selling from 94 to 110, lighter weight bulls below 90. Calf market very strong again yesterday, a big run of calves, well over 600 calves sold here at Stratford yesterday. Good quality Holstein bull calves weighing 90 to 130 pounds, selling mostly from 175 to 350, extreme top in the bull calves, 365. Heifer calves, a little better demand here uh, than last in the last week. Forty to one thirty-five on those heifer calves, and again beef calves two seventy-five to five seventy-five, up to five ninety on the beef bull calves. So again, calf market very strong. Like I said before, uh, folks, uh, probably worth uh, it is well worth your while to take a little extra care on these calves now because they are worth a lot of money, especially on these heavier calves. These real small, lightweight calves still not bringing a whole lot, but the good quality calves are worth a lot of money, so make sure you know what your calves are worth before you be marketing them. we got to talk about Tuesday today here at Stratford, a very, very busy day here. We'll start at 10 o'clock this morning with the hay and bedding auction. Again, a very good selection of hay today. We've got large squares of alfalfa, a lot of round bales today, both first and second crop. Again, that'll be at 10 o'clock. 11 o'clock, we have a very nice herd of cows today for your consideration. 11 o'clock dairy auction today. Uh, like I said, that will be starting at 11 for a dairy sale. We do have complete herd dispersal, around 100 cows, uh, power freestyle Holstein cows. This is a complete herd dispersal. There's going to be some Jersey cows in here also. Uh, again, a lot of younger cows, a lot of first, second, third lactation cows. All stages of lactation, DHI tested on these cows. Herd is averaging over 24,000 right now. Very low somatic. Again, the owner is retiring from the business. Also selling three very top-quality herd sire prospects on this uh, part of this herd today. So, folks, uh, nobody's going to be doing much work in the field. Take a few hours off today. Come to the dairy sale. Uh, opportunity to really buy some very good cows today. Again, and that will be at 11 o'clock. Don't forget tomorrow, another big sale tomorrow here at Stratford, including the feeder cattle sale, uh, which will feature uh, the bread, bread beef cows and also breeding bulls. So we'll have some more to say about that tomorrow morning. But in the meantime... Folks, uh, do drive careful here. Like I said, it's foggy, and uh, Bob, you take care also. Uh, turn it back to you, um, and busy week continuing, and markets are looking good, I guess. Uh, we don't really want to talk about the cheese and the milk price, but I guess mm-hmm. it is what it is. But again, uh, a lot of good cows for the folks today, so hopefully they'll be uh, have a good sale. Ah, good for you. Thanks, Jerry. Jerry Fitzgerald over at Equity of Stratford. And Synergy Co-op in Ridgeland bringing us our markets on the Board of Trade. A little bit uh, lower yesterday, corn and beans with planting progress around the country and also big Brazilian crops hanging over the markets overnight. 
July corn down four at five ninety two. The oats down four to five at three thirty four. Wheat down two to three at six fifty one. July soybeans down seven at fourteen twenty six. And meal down three sixty a ton at four hundred twenty three dollars and thirty cents. Country elevator prices. Northside elevator loyal location corns at five seventy four with soybeans at thirteen eighty nine. At the Arcadia location corns at five eighty with soybeans at thirteen ninety eight. Wheat and grain, Chippewa Falls and Connersville location, corns at five sixty two with soybeans at thirteen eighty nine. And on our DTM screen, Golden Plump corn today is five eighty five at Baldwin five fifty and thirteen seventy seven. Corn at Duran today five fifty, the beans thirteen seventy two. Mondovi and Elmwood both have corn at five fifty four, the beans thirteen seventy seven. Fall Creek five forty on the corn, thirteen fifty two on the soybeans. At Osseo, it's five sixty seven and thirteen seventy seven. Elk Mound, 560 and 1382. Sparta's corn is 571. Beans, 1353. Ellsworth, 540 and 1352. Boyceville, 596. The corn at the ethanol plant there. Stanley, 592. New Richmond, 589. Barrel cheese down a cent and a half, 151 and a half. Blocks holding at 161 and a quarter. Butter down a cent and a half at 243. May class three down 11, 1646. June up five at 1704. July down six. 1770, August down 2 at 1850, and September down 7, 1908. And again, a partly cloudy day today. We'll have about a 73-degree high today, but a nice warm week. 70s and even 80 on Thursday. It's about 54 right now. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.